This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting- Mike on Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> service is with us. I have good news for you. Oh gosh, what do we got? <laughs> I do. I'm serious. I have good news for you. This will be a first. Let me hear it. Do you know who's going to be here tomorrow? Uh, I don't know who's going to be here tomorrow. Walking around the premises. We'll see. If we can get him in if you want, or we can keep him on the other side of those gates if you want. Who could he be talking about? Boy Howdy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm dead serious. He, boy Howdy is showing boy up. Boy Howdy will be here tomorrow morning. I'm flying in Mike Zanino tomorrow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Z Man. The Z Man with Boy Howdy. How's he doing? He's doing great. Awesome. We miss him terribly, awesome. but he is uh he's gonna be in tomorrow and uh, we're gonna hang with him a Can little I bit. Can I interview him on this show tomorrow? Well, I'm sure yes. he would be excited for I'm that. too busy. I'm too busy. Uh, you got ten minutes with me today. That's, <laughs> that's about all we're that's gonna it. be able to do. Uh anyway, he will be here. How are you doing? How's doing camp great. so far? Doing great. Uh obviously this time of year everybody's excited uh getting a group together and We've got a, new, a few new faces, um, so you're trying to get them integrated into our programs and what we do and uh, getting them as comfortable as quick as we can. So uh, it's a fun time of year, um, as I am every year. I'm excited about our team and, and the prospects for where it can go. And we've got very high expectations, so uh, you know we'll get George Kirby on the mound today and get his first spring training outing under his belt. Almost through the first no-hitter in 40 years. Yesterday. 40 years? Rick Riz told us 40 well, Riz years. Riz would know. Riz Langston would know. in 1984. Wow. And that crew wow. threw a no-hitter. You went seven and two-thirds yesterday. Yes, we did. Uh, we threw the ball really well. Um, our guys have been very aggressive, uh, starting with Luis Castillo, his first spring outing. I thought he looked great. Um, you know, we're moving in the right direction. Our pitching staff did an unbelievable job last year. And, you know, it's really what spring training is about. You try to get your messaging across to guys, and I think we've – earn the reputation now when new players or players come to our organization for the first time you know they've done their homework on us mm-hmm. and for whatever reason they think we've got some secret sauce and we really don't we're just very consistent in our messaging we believe in it and we do not waver from it is that a sign that Luis is starting opening day uh Luis will be one of our best five starting pitchers we have this year mike <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get to that in a few more outings but okay. uh he looks great good so far he really how i mean how much easier is it to be a manager when you know that you're throwing Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, and then the two young kids after that? How much easier does that make your job? Well, it starts with pitching, and that's never going to change in our game. As much as the game changes and evolves and how you value runs and position players, it's, it's all about pitching and run prevention. And we're very fortunate. We've got good young starting pitching. We have an, uh, great arms out of the bullpen, which is really a credit to – you know, our scouting department, our front office, and the ability to bring these guys in and, and give us real guys to work with. We watched Bryce Miller uh, throw a bullpen over here yesterday, and actually, not just watching Bryce, I was enjoying watching the 20 people that were gathered around watching Bryce and how many of them were his teammates. George was there, and Brian. Uh, yeah, Brian Wu was there, and Travis Kuhn was. I mean, it was like it was a huge gaggle of guys that had all gathered just to watch him. How helpful and beneficial is that, and how unique is that across the sport? Well, I think you've, you've seen that started to happen probably a little bit in last spring training, um, and Robbie Ray had a lot to do with that. You know, he's no longer here, but just like taking interest in your teammate and what he's doing, and maybe you see something you can pass along, or maybe you pick up something from him. And, 
You know, it's it's funny you say that with Bryce out there, and if you get a chance to be around Bryce Miller, he's kind of a magnet. People, you know, gravitate towards him because of his personality, and it's really unique for a young player like that that he can reach so many different facets of our clubhouse, you know, the, the different pockets of guys based on that. He's just he's uh, authentic. He is mm-hmm. big text for a reason. It's Texas through and through, and you see it come out every day. I love it. I love uh, having him stop in my office. Every day he's got something crazy. Yeah, I signed up today, Skip. I'm going to pitch. Okay, <laughs> you're in there. Go get him. <laughs> That's just the way he is. But it's it's great to see that kind of culture, uh, you know, taking hold and, and guys really caring about each other. 48 hours in, so it's really early for us being here. But just walking around, Scott, this feels like a group of workers. Yeah, I think that's that's very perceptive. Um, you know, our guys like to work. They're focused on getting better. And it's up to us as, as a coaching staff to make sure we continue to challenge these guys. And there's no no lack of effort there. Right. The coaches that we have, the amount of hours we put in that you don't see out on the field, what's mm-hmm. happening in the office and in the coach's room and putting player plans together and how to get all of these guys better, and not just the 26 guys that we're going to break with, but we know we're going to use about 50-some players this year. It happens every year. And, you know, last year, prime example, Brian Wu and, and Bryce Miller were guys that we were just kind of scratching the surface on, and they, lo and behold, they play a huge part in our season. So it's really important. I was with Peyton and Marvin, and they were the hardest workers in our organization. That's why they won every single year. Your best players, your hardest workers. Mm-hmm. They also, especially Marvin, knew when it was time to work and when it wasn't. Is there still a little learning curve with Julio? Because he just <laughs> strikes me as a guy that's all he wants to do, and maybe the little hand right now is something to just, hey, slow down just a little bit. Yeah, who is in a great spot? And I know, uh, you know, he's a little disappointed. He put so much work in, in the offseason that the hand flared up a little bit. But he feels good, really good today. He'll get in the cage today. He'll hit off the tee in there, you know, get some get some flips. Not a ton of volume, but just make sure he feels good. And he'll progress up to probably getting on the field here tomorrow and some velo and, and be in a game, I would suspect, this weekend at some point. He didn't have a bad year last year, no. obviously. I mean, he's fourth in the MVP voting, and we saw him at some point, what, 17 of 25. I mean, the talent is just off the charts. But by his own admission, it wasn't the year he was hoping to have, and it didn't start off that well, wasn't as consistent, didn't have some of those big moments that maybe the team expected. As, as from our angle... I think about the pressure on him last year, hosting the All-Star Game, which seemed to be in so many ways all about him. He's growing into being a superstar. The circle's got to get bigger and bigger. And I see him now, and the circle seems maybe a little smaller. And I notice him outside yesterday playing catch with Ichiro for 15 minutes, another guy who knows what it's like to be a star at that level. How is his mentality coming into this season? He's maturing. And he's matured quite a bit, and you can talk about it, but he has to kind of go through it and live it himself. Uh, I know what I was like at 22 years old. Now he's 23 this year. You're learning. You're constantly learning. And I think it's pretty perceptive of you. He is shrinking in a circle, which I think is a good thing. You know, you don't need too many voices. Uh, Certainly you want to be respective. Uh, respect all the people that can help you, but you do have to shrink. And I think he's done a good job of that. He has been super focused this off season. Um, very disappointed in how our season ended uh, and the way it ended last year. Not just him, but our entire team. I mentioned it early in camp. I think this is a very hungry group. And the reason I said it is because, to, to Brock's point, these guys are working. They want to address things that maybe they need to get better on or how we came up short as a team. And Julio's at the top of the list as far as that goes. He wants to be the best player that Julio Rodriguez can be. And I don't think he's there yet, and I think he knows that. Was it in his 20s that Brant Brown told us he was his comedic Yeah, the comic relief. 
Brent he Brown. said you were very serious, oh. and he was the comic relief, which makes me very concerned <laughs> about just how serious you were at that point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was very, very uh, – uh, <laughs> I was boring. I'm still boring. But, uh, uh, you know, I've learned a lot through the years. The one thing I, I wish I go back and, you know, you talk to, to guys who've had, you know, decent careers or long careers, and, you know, for me, I wish I would have had more fun. Yeah. And I think I said that to you guys right when I got this job. I was going to make it fun. I was going to make it light. The game is so hard. The season is so long that you do need to loosen up and have a little bit more fun. I wish I would have done more of that as a player, but I can't go back, so I'm going to have a good time as a manager. Is it weird, though, that you're doing it by just stealing from Pete Carroll with the three-point shots here? I mean, like we thought you'd come up with your own original stuff, but instead you just kind of kind of steal from those around you? What's up with that? That's what all the great ones do, <laughs> right? You, you take ideas, and really in honor of Pete, I thought we would break out That's the three-point contest. So um, it has you know, brought a new, uh, a little like, different excitement to our thing, and, and really it got spurred by the, uh, what was it, Steph Curry and uh, – Oh, yeah, uh, the gal Sabrina, who shot yeah, Sabrina, yeah, at the All-Star Game. Guys were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, we can do that here. Let's make mm-hmm. it happen. So lo and behold, I've got some awesome uh, coaching assistants that uh, were able to put some time in and make it happen. The guys are engaged. It's fun to watch. Any of the coaches done that yet? Oh, yeah, there's a coaches group. So we're divided up into four group. groups. Okay. There's the position players, the pitchers, the coaches, and then a support staff. So yes. Franklin Gutierrez shot today for yes. the coaches group, and yeah. I'm sad to report the coaches are in last place yeah. right now. He has nice form. Goody, Goody always form. looks good, <laughs> always looks good. I've never seen Goody look bad, no even kidding. shooting a basketball. <laughs> it looks it's, great. It's very pure. It looks good. didn't go in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you took the world tour this offseason, and it's such a cool story. It feels like we talked to Jerry, what, a couple of weeks ago when he used the phrase find a way mm-hmm. that became a mantra, he said, for the baseball operations group this offseason. Was that your part in finding a way to go and, and have these serious, transparent conversations? You know, I think it's it's important. that This is something I've done almost every year, you know, and then COVID hit. I didn't do it for a couple of years as far as traveling around. So it was something that was on my radar very early, you know, when the season ended the way it did. Hey, I got to get out and see some guys. And I had joked with Julio, um, I will see you at some point this offseason. I want to see what your workouts are like. And then, you know, as our, as our offseason got going, it was, you know, there was a lot of, there was a negative tone to it. And, and I wanted to make sure that uh, our players understood best as I could at that time where we were headed. I didn't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how it was going to play out. But, you know, I think it comes a point you got to trust people and believe in people. And you have to be upfront and honest with players. I said to you guys from the first time I think I ever did an interview with you that, you know, I'm, I'm about – uh, you know, being honest with the guys and, and being as transparent as I can with our players. And I think we were at a point where we needed to do that, especially with our core guys. And, and they responded very well. Um, and I think it's carried over to this spring. Uh, our, the way our offseason played out, we've added some very impactful players into our lineup. We needed to to maybe have a little bit different look to our offensive team. And, and we have. Um, I feel very confident it's going to play out well for us, and I think our players, uh, the, the ones that were here last year, see that those additions as guys get, have a chance to be key contributors for us, and we needed it. So we're in a good spot. We have a long ways to go, and there will be some ups and downs along the way, but uh, I like our team. I like our team's wired. Um, this team, like I keep saying, uh, they got something to prove. How much uh, did you prioritize making sure no arms walked out the door? That through this offseason of finding a way and everything, and I am sure everyone and their mother called about Bryce and then Brian and Logan at the trade. You know, like everybody wants your arms. How much of a priority was it for you that they didn't walk? Well, I think it's really important. You have to know who you are. I talk with our players all the time. Know who you are. Know what your strengths are. I think we have to do that as an organization. We've done mm-hmm. an unbelievable job 
our coachings, our coaches at the minor league level, our scouts, all over the like scouring and finding talented arms, and then getting those kids to the big leagues. Uh, you know, you have to know we're always going to be built with pitching and defense. We play in T-Mobile Park, and in April and May, it can be challenging to score a lot of runs there. It evens out in June, July, and August, but early in the year, it's tough. And, and to lean on that pitching, it's it's who we are. So, you know, I certainly did not want to lose any of the guys, and, and even you know with. With Robbie and Marco moving on, that, those are tough. But you know, we're in a position because we've done a good job in developing young pitchers that you know we felt good about the guys we have, and we want to hang on to them. I appreciate the optimism of June. That's nice. I appreciate that you think it's going to be nice in June. Hey, I get in the water. I'm in Lake Washington in June. In I will June? get in the water in June. Yes, I do it every year. Early June, I'm in. Early. No wetsuit. No wetsuit, sulky. You got to suck it up. You get out there. We have a day game. The sun's out. I can yep. see the mountain. Right. I'm boom. I'm in the water. Very tough. As yep. you can we gotta tell, go. Scott's yes. very tough. That's where all that seriousness came from in his uh, in his twenties. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's a real thing, right? It's real that the weather is different in Seattle. It's real that that park is harder to hit in. And you know, we talked to Mitch yesterday about it. I was actually on this morning, and he said, "Yeah, you know, it can get in guys' heads, especially the home team, more than the road team, because you're doing it game after game after game." Tell me how Brant Brown factors into that and, and sort of changing the philosophy to have more success offensively during those cold months. You have to find a way to win games in, in different ways. And, you know, maybe it's you'll see, you know, that you're going to play the low-scoring games early in the year. You know that. You can't just sit and rely on hoping somebody hits a two- or three-round homer to, to get you over the top or to increase the lead or whatever. So be able to move runners, to be able to strike out less with guys on base, really key. We've talked about it a lot. We wanted to get more more consistent with our lineup up and down, and, and hopefully that helps play out. I also think we're talking about it a little bit more than we have in the past. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Okay, how are we going to combat that and not get frustrated with it? Oh, man, he hit that ball at 98, and it was at this launch angle. That's a hit in 29 other parks, but it, you know what? It wasn't tonight. What do we have to do to win the game tonight? And whatever the game calls for, there are our players equipped to do that. And that's what we're talking about more in spring training. And those conversations would go on behind the scenes where guys would talk that way and feel that oh, way. Oh, all the time. Everybody uh, on you know social media, oh, that's a hit or that's a home run in 25 of the 30 parks. You know, what are the, it doesn't help. You know, you got to play in the elements that are there to be, you, you got to deal with it. Just like in a football, you know, if it's rainy and windy, what are you going to do? Not play hard? Not does, you got to figure out a way. Does having Mitch Hanniger back help with that? A, the success that he's had in that ballpark and B, maybe some of the struggles he had last year in a park that's even harder to hit in in San Francisco. Yeah, Mitch brings a lot of things back. Certainly he's got track record here and he's had very big seasons here. Um, so he knows how to ride through that. And, and I think he's much more open to talk and willing to share his opinions maybe than he has at any other point in his career. And that happens when you get a little bit older and a little bit wiser and you've been in some other places and you realize that maybe this is a good thing we have going here. We've got a good team. And when it's time for him to speak up, he's speaking up more than he ever has. And that's a real positive. Uh, we're looking at Ty France right now. And I, I think to some that may come down here, quite honestly, fans, they may not recognize. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, he is so much leaner and I mean, I guess that fits in that silo of work and the work that he did even before he got here. What have you seen from Ty here early on? Uh, I've seen a different focus from Ty France, and I think it goes to the work he put in in the offseason. Mm -hmm. When you spend that much time and energy going into kind of 
retransform his body. He's made some adjustments with his swing. Um, he's in a different uh, mindset than he was maybe a year ago because it wasn't easy for him last year. He had a rough year. Yep. And we've seen other players come through here that have made some adjustments, and they get back on track rather quickly, and I think that's where he's headed. So um, it, it's exciting to see you know players put in the amount of effort and work there. Now you want them to get the immediate results. But there's no guarantee. Right. <laughs> you have to ride it out. Yep. We saw what it did for J.P. Crawford in the yep. season. He ended up, but it didn't start great for J.P. last year. Last year at this time in spring training, I'm looking at J.P. and I'm like, oh boy, I don't know how this is going to work. Yep. It doesn't look great. It's not clean. But he just went through so much. He understood his swing more, how his body was moving better, and maybe moving a little bit differently. And then all of a sudden it clicked, and wham, he, he just took off. And, and I'm hoping that's what we get from Ty. So he's key. He's key to our offense. He can really hit. We've seen it. He can drive in runs. When he's right, the ball is carrying out of the ballpark. He plays really good defense, and he's a good dude. On top of it, he fits really well with our team. So a key part of our offense moving forward is what he can do this year. What is your plan for the corner outfield spots this year? Yeah, we've got options, and we haven't always had options. I think with the, uh, obviously, Dom Canzone, um, you know, that we picked up last year midseason, uh, Luke Rayleigh coming over from Tampa, and, and what Hanny can do out there. You're working with those three guys moving. The, the center fielder, we're pretty well set up who's going to play center, Mike. So we're good there. But, that's, what, that's why I said the corner outfield. Yeah. I feel I, like you know what you're doing in center. I, I think those guys, you know, you, you can, you know, some guys are going to match up better than others. I think where Mitch is at, it's critically important for us if we can, you know, keep him available, keep him healthy. And so he may need a few days off. And in the past, when a day off for Mitch Hanager was automatic DH. Well, we have a DH now when it's really capable of doing a good job there. So it could be a complete off day or, you know, there's a there's a matchup that favors him and he comes in in the seventh inning and goes from there. But, you know, we'll manage that, you know, as we go through the season. You can never have too many good players. And I, I do think that all of them will benefit through the entire season. Um, and that's really what we're shooting for here. It's, it's how many games can we win, not how many games can one guy play. Mm-hmm. I know so much goes, and we've learned this, behind the scenes into every lineup, every matchup, all of these conversations. How much and, and how many man hours will go into keeping this team healthy? Uh, you know, you talk about it all the time, and you need a little luck. Yeah. You do. You know, you catch, you know, crazy things happen throughout the course of a season, whether it's a hit by pitch or they run into somebody in the, on the field or they're running the bases, something weird happens. You just some things you can't control. Yeah. But trying to stay out of in front of it, be proactive. If you've got something that's dragging, your, your, your hamstring's tight, whatever, we have guys that we can put in there, and it's not a dramatic drop-off, maybe what we've had in the past from experience, from what the guy's capable of doing. So you want to be able to use the entire roster a little bit more efficiently, and that's up to me and the coaches to make sure that happens. So it's, it's a challenge I'm looking forward to. It struck me looking at the end game numbers. You had three guys throw over 190 innings last year. There was only one other team in baseball that had two, and I want to say there were only 12 other guys. Like three of the 15 were right here. Mm-hmm. Is that sustainable? I do think it is, and, and I know everybody uh, complains that we don't leave our starting pitchers in longer. They're going so good. We let our starters go deeper than anybody else in baseball because uh, we trust them, and they're really good. Um, and they have a pretty good way of keeping the pitch count intact so we're not taxing them too much where it affects their next couple outings. Mm So uh, we'll stay with the same philosophy there. And you love to see our guys go out, give us a chance to win when they take the mound, and and hopefully they can take you into the seventh inning and then turn it over to a really good bullpen. So we're not going to change much on that. You just have to watch the workload in between some of those outings. And I think Logan's learned how to manage that. He doesn't go down and throw a 45-pitch bullpen between outings. Now he might go down there and... And, and touch and feel 15, 20 pitches, knowing mm-hmm. save your bullets for your game day. And, and George is learning that as well. Speaking of that bullpen, do we have any update on Matt Brash? 
Yeah, uh, we will hear more in the next couple days uh, on where Matt is at. Uh, obviously, he's a key part. He's one of the best arms, bullpen arms in the league. Uh, you know, he felt some soreness the other day. We're, we're being very cautious with that. Where is that soreness? Out. It's in his arm. <laughs> okay. I answered your question. Didn't you I? did. <laughs> it's his right arm too. It's in his throwing it's arm. His, yeah. it's his yeah. Forearm, arm, not shoulder. Arm, arm, not arm. Shoulder. It's arm. Um, I was looking at your roster, and you might have, end up with fifty percent new players on opening day this year compared to last year. Wow. Now some of those guys joined the team last year, Miller and Wu, and you. All, you know. But compared to the beginning of last year, it may be right around twelve to fourteen guys that weren't here on opening day last year. Some of them came this offseason, Garver and Polanco probably being the two most notable of those names. What have you seen from those two guys specifically so far? Uh they're very professional, as you would expect. They've been in the league for a while and they've had success in the league. So they have routines. They have some things they believe very strongly in. Uh, I think with Mitch Garver, um he's been very open. He likes talking, hitting in the game and the fact that he's a catcher, he's involved with our guys there and what's going on. So Garver's got he's got opinions on a lot of different things, which is very welcome. Love it. Yeah, you love guys who are super opinionated. Uh except you guys are on that side of the mic. Oh, sorry, just checking. Uh, the guys in the clubhouse love it. Uh, but uh, uh, Polo, you know, that's the nickname for Polanco. I think people get used to that. But Polo is much more reserved as advertised. Um, you know, uh, talking to the people in Minnesota, um, you know, Nelson Cruz played with him a couple years. Uh, again, very professional. Um, and, again, I can't even imagine what it's like. He was with one organization for 14 years. Yep. Now he's got to flip, put a different jersey on. Yep. And it takes a while. And I told him that day one, now be you. You know, settle in. He's pay- he doesn't miss anything in a morning meeting. He's paying attention to his teammates. I'm getting him engaged more in that. So eventually that's going to come out. He's a really good player. I didn't even think about it. He's a 10-5 guy, right? So he had to okay this trade, right? Um, is it 10 in the big leagues yet? I'm not sure. He spent. Oh, because some of those, I see. Were yes. Just in the organization. In the organization okay. he was there, and he signed as a 16-year-old uh, with Minnesota. Got it. Uh, last thing for me, Mariners fans are going to come down here over the next couple weeks. Thanks to our friends in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Lots of nonstop flights. Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, they come down here. Who are a couple young guys? We saw, I think, Ty Pete out yeah. here. Was that Celestine we saw out I here? think so. I think that was Celestine. Who are some of the... Is Celestine the guy who looks like, you know, he's got the, the world's greatest baseball body? Uh, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, then, yeah, that must have been him. First who? of all, let me say, the fans, and there's already been a ton of people down, Mariners fans from Seattle, and, and young kids running around getting their autographs. There is no better time than spring training. The players are so accessible. They're walking between fields. You can get, you know, autographs between it's, it's Ichiro, it's it's Julio, it's JP, it's it's George, Logan, The Rock. They're all here, so... And the fans, I, I can't say enough, like, the support that we get. And our fan base has become very passionate about this team. Yes. And, you know, the expectations are very high. I love all of that stuff. I don't want that to change at all. So the more people that can come down and enjoy it, come on down. I think when you get a chance to talk about young players, um, we're probably going to see one in a game tomorrow. Colt Emerson is a kid that's really excited a lot of people. He was our first-round pick from last year. He's only 18 years old. Uh, we'll probably put him in behind JP to play three or four innings in tomorrow's game. Uh, he's a real interesting player. You mentioned Ty Pete. You know, we've got a number of really up-and-coming position players. We developed you know, so heavily on pitching here the last four or five years, and those are the, the big difference makers that have shown up to the big leagues. The next wave of players, and, and some kids in our camp are off to a good start. Tyler Locklear, the big hitting first baseman, really interesting player. Cole Young, shortstop, second base. I'm not sure where he ends up yet, but he can hit. 
It's a left-handed bat. You know, those kids are off to great starts this spring, which is great. So fans get an opportunity to, to get up close with those players and get to know them a little bit. Uh, it, it's really a good environment down here. It's fun. It really is. You seem like you're in a happy mood. You you're seem like you're in a good place. All the hit and run. Oh, yeah, you guys are going to hit and run a lot this We don't year, hit right? and run, Mike. I've been there eight years. We will bunt more this small year. Ball, we'll play I know. Small I ball. heard you're going to play. Yeah, well, we, gonna, well, I see. I tried to get Brock in 100 in 62 games. Well, I see one suicide squeeze in 162 uh, games. No. Probably not. Right here. Safety get, squeeze. Remember, safety I like squeeze. to signal stuff to you when I sit safety in the stands squeeze. of these safety games. Squeeze. And, yeah, you okay. know, you got the first and third. Maybe not be a great matchup. We read the ball down, and yeah. the guy from third takes off, and everybody goes, oh, great play, blah, blah, blah. You know, you have some okay. guys on the team who can bunt? Yeah, we do. A couple. <laughs> we have a couple that can bunt. <laughs> just a couple? Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> just we, we, we I mean, they have, don't learn it that much coming up, right? They don't. It's some of the things that we talk about in spring training. I have let guys know, don't be shocked. I've never put on a bunt in a spring training game. Mm. And I told their entire do team. Do you plan to? Yes, I do. Ooh. Don't get shocked. And everybody's like, I can't believe he's making me bunt. I said, if one at bat is going to screw up your 2024 season, let me know right now, <laughs> and we'll find a place for you to play. Do you remember when Brock tried to bunt off you, and he was uh, telling yeah, you all about was, how his yeah, little league yeah, coach yeah, taught him how to bunt? Yeah, yeah Brock is uncoachable. If you didn't know that, so I'll give Brock is uncoachable. I've been it's, saying it's, that for very years. Clear, but, uh, <laughs> Scott, thank you. This is fun. Yeah. Uh, great to sit down with you and uh, and get ready for this season. It's just great being down here. We appreciate it. Good luck. Yeah. Sounds good, guys. Right. Thanks. There Take you care. go. There's Scott we'll Service. We'll come right back. Ryan Divish is going to join us to rank the things he hates. That's coming up in 20 <laughs> minutes. It's Brock and Salk. CL Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. It is a fun vibe when you're here at spring training. And I mentioned Ryan Divish is going to come by here in about 15 minutes and rank things that annoy him. Uh But even Ryan, as annoyed as he is, as grumpy as he is, when he's down here, it's less so. Yes. Because it's a cool environment. Larry Stone, who's recently retired, and congrats to Larry. Is Larry retired? I don't know. He's he's, retired, but he's here because he's addicted to this. Yeah, he's like Ichiro. (laughs) He just can't get enough. He doesn't know what else to do. (laughs) He and Ichiro both show up here year after year, neither of them being paid. But they just keep showing up. I don't know what their deal is. (laughs) They're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. I've always said that. Ichiro, Larry Stone. Ichiro, Larry Stone. Very similar. Yeah. But it's true. It is just sort of that vibe where you just never know who's going to walk through the door. Did you hear what Divish just said to me? What? Do you know what you guys did? What? What? He was like, is it wrong that the first thing I did when I saw you was looked at your hands? You think that every single person who's ever heard the show isn't going to be doing that? (laughs) (laughs) the first thing. He said they're not that bad. Yeah. Oh, your hands? Oh, I thought you meant our hands. Oh, no, your fingers? No one said they were bad. It's not like they're Logan Gilbert size or something. No one said they were bad. I just thought it was weird yesterday. Well, from the way you guys describe him, he expected them to be Logan Gilbert size. I just thought it was weird yesterday. We went out to sushi, (laughs) and I had my chopsticks, and your fingers were still longer than my chopsticks. More than you I just thought that was strange. Yeah. (laughs) Most of us use chopsticks, and you just were, like, using your fingers like Edward Scissorhands. So, I don't know. I thought that was a little weird. That's just me. I don't know. Well, what do you hear from the skip? Well, I'll anything, tell you. Anything new? I heard a level of comfort uh-huh. with kind of where the team is at. And, you know, you mentioned last year that he was a little, what's the right word? Plucky, maybe, mm-hmm. when we when we had this conversation. And I wonder if there was some maybe nerves about mm-hmm. what had been sort of you know, heaped upon them in terms of pressure and expectations and punchy. He was a little punchier last Mm -hmm. year. We're still going to go back and forth and give each other grief. And that's fine. I mean, that's part of part of just my relationship with him. But I thought that underneath that was just sort of a level of 
hey, I'm pretty comfortable with where this team is at. I still think he would like to add one more bat. Mm-hmm. I still think he'd be comfortable with another uh, pitcher in the in the depth system just to, just in case something are, is to happen. Yep. I didn't like his answer with Matt Brash, and yep. I think that's uh, a cause for some real concern around here. Everybody I talk to is kind of given the, I don't like it, let's wait and find out, but right. I don't like the vibe around it, right. and I didn't love his answer on it either. But overall... I thought just a real level of comfort. Yeah, and this may not be fair, and but it's just an, uh, an opinion, and we're in an opinion business. He's trying to, and if he could go back in time, he'd want to have more fun. Guess what? If I could go back in time for my own career, you know what I would like to have done? Have a little more fun and enjoy things. And, and I enjoy my teammates a lot. I didn't always enjoy my own mind and analysis and competition and everything else. But that's, you know, and I'm never going to fully change that. That's just the way I'm wired, much like he is. I think when you don't have a Gino or a Teo, and those guys were wonderful. Mm. And the concert last year was great. <laughs> but you know what? As Ryan wrote, he, Gino didn't come in in the greatest shape. And, you know, there was the, um, you know, the, the World Baseball Classic and other stuff that you had to deal with. And like, okay, I need you, I need you to work. I, got, I, need to, I, I want to grind. I, you know, I, I want you guys. I think that the skip's probably just wiring more comfortable with the Hanniger, more comfortable with the. Polanco, mm-hmm. more comfortable with a Garver, more comfortable with guy. And, and it's not to say you can't have Gino's fun-loving, I don't know. I, good I, vibes. You say that, but I think Gino is one of the guys that Scott truly loved. I, I think I mean, he and, absolutely and, and I think him, loved him. him walking yes. out the door was a hard. big, hard, that was really tough. hard. I think that one in particular because he was good vibes. He was, yes, he was fun. He was all those things. But is it like, okay, I, I need you to put the ball in play. Like, I don't need to strike out as much as you strike. And I love the good vibes, but, gosh, I, we just need to be, especially in April May, a little more workmanlike. We just need to do the little things. We just need to do some of the – and as much as I hate seeing him leave and yeah. as much as I loved him, and I absolutely totally get that. I think there's probably comfortable in the skin, yeah. comfortable with leading some guys that are just absolute grinders and pros like he was. A couple of other things that he said that, that jump out to me. One, uh, the Julio conversation and in, in shrinking that circle, and shrinking we talked about voices. it a few times here today. Mm-hmm. It got away from him, I think, last year a little bit in terms of everything going on in the All-Star game and you know turning himself into a national brand and all that. It's heady stuff. And to see him out there with Ichiro yesterday playing catch, wow. I thought was a great thing. And he said that's perceptive of you. And, yes, that's voices. That's marketing managers. That's swing coaches. That's all the voices. Scott doesn't just have to manage 20, mm-hmm. what is it, 25 men, Six. 26 men. He doesn't just have to manage that. He has to manage all of this. I was thinking that as I was walking the hall and he had his morning meeting. Man, this is, you know, it's one thing in the NFL and you got your coaches' meetings and everything, and it's 53 guys. Like, he's got minor leaguers, he's got major leaguers, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure when his day ends, guess what? He's got agents and he's got swing yep. coaches, and he, there is a lot of people that you have to manage. Yeah, I think people way. don't always hear those terms general manager, manager, that it's not just the players. It's no. not just, nope. you know, Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander don't show up together and just start, you know, nope. hey, here's what we want to do today. They got huge staffs, and there's yep. a true management component to it. Yep. The other thing that jumped out to me is that conversation that we've been having throughout the day about April and May. And yes, Scott, even June, whether you're jumping into Lake Washington or not, mm-hmm. where it's harder to hit at T-Mobile mm-hmm. and they're recognizing it and they're talking about it. And I know there's people that don't want to hear it's harder for the home team than for the away team, but it is because of the mentality. And you may want to think that of that as an excuse. That's fine. 
but for baseball players who play a mental game to hit five balls mm-hmm. in a weekend that all would have gone out of the park and didn't, mm-hmm. that affects them the next game yes. in a way it doesn't affect the player who's moved on to the next park. Yes. It's just the reality. You may not like it. You may yep. call it an excuse. That's fine. It is what it is. But I like they don't dodge it. I like that he's accepting it. Yep. I like that Brant Brown has a plan for it. I like that they're going to understand those games will play, be played at, at lower scoring rates. And Do you think Brant- I like that the two biggest names they brought in, Brock, played the majority of their April and Mays. In Minnesota, yep. both Garver yep. and Polanco yep. played a huge portion of their career in a park where it is miserable in a April and May, maybe even worse than here. Are you a little worried that Brant Brown's too comedic? That he I can am. Like, yeah, like, is he going to have the focus? A little worried. Or do you feel like he's, he's too silly? Gonna, yes. He's like Casey. Like, what was that guy's name? Casey Candell, who was here. He was like, I'm worried he's going to be too much Casey Candell. I mean, after sitting with Brant and knowing that he was Scott's comedic relief, like, you are you a little concerned that he may just have too Do, much fun? Are you going to start putting him in the bucket with uh, Jeff Dats? <laughs> The, no, the Datsy no, no, bucket no, 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 of no, no, seriousness. No, no. I, I will not do okay, that. Okay, good. That's last nice. thing. We gotta take a break. I know. Last thing is when a coach repeats himself or a mm-hmm. manager repeats himself, Ty France is going to be key to this offense. Ty France is going to be key to this offense. That was a double. That yep. was not a singular. That was not a passing comment. If Ty is an All Star mm-hmm. and can get back to the level that he was in the first half of that season a couple years ago, this offense totally will look agree. and feel different. All right, coming up next, we will bring in Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times, not for a baseball update. We just want to hear what's bothering him. He is a grumpy dude, and today he's going to rank the five things that annoy him most. It's next on Brock and Salk. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Salk. Top ten list. I'm not buying it. Ranked. Wow, guest ranker today, Brock. <laughs> and noted fan of Ranked, I'm told. Ryan oh, yeah. Divish of the Seattle Times with mm. us. I, I'm one of your few listeners that gets every song reference that you guys have, yeah. especially anything from... You know, early '80s, '90s, yeah. and so it's, it's. Do we have any of those generally? Well, yeah, movie reference. I just like, and I like how angry Mora gets at everything when you guys don't move it along, Mm-mm. and how much she hates it. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like, yeah, I it's really, genuine. Too. Yeah, it's not a bit. No, yeah, no, it's not. No, yeah. she gets mad at us at home. Like last night, we were doing it just at dinner. Mora was getting mad at us. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Adam, Jude, and I were doing that last night. We went to the casino, and oh, we, yeah. Ooh. We were doing great, yeah. and then I said, this guy got on the table, the new dealer, and his name was Austin. I said, I have one rule in life, and it's never to play cards with a guy that's named after a Texas city. Mm. And Sure enough. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> From Teen Wolf, the movie, yeah. too. Yeah, that run. All right, well, Ryan, some point maybe we'll have you into rank stuff with music, because that is oh, fun. Yeah. But today, uh, we wanted you, because you are a noted grump, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. I think you, you've, you've made that fairly clear. Yeah. Maybe even play it up a little bit. What uh, what are the things that most annoy you? Okay, so honorable mention, because you guys do the honorable mention. <laughs> the Lewistown Golden Eagles from Lewistown, Montana. I hate them. They were our rivals. I We had a coach that never lose to them. I hate I-5 traffic, every part of I-5 traffic, okay. including Wild Waves area oh, and, wide, yeah. and Fife. Oh. Just, just question, since you hate the traffic so much, have you thought about living closer to where you work? 
No, because I hate people, or that will be there. I hate the population density of We're going to get to that one later. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then uh, quickly, my top. Are you in Yelm? Where are you eating Yelm? Tacoma. Tacoma. I thought you moved out to a farm somewhere. I'm going to do that eventually here, yeah, in Ording. I thought you moved. I'm moving to Ording. He's moving to Ording. Yeah, Yeah, I really hate the traffic. I hate the long commute, so I'm thinking of moving to Ording in order to get to the ballpark every afternoon. We'll leave it to him. I mean, like, maybe the the mountain will just erupt. I won't have to deal with it anymore. Um. Quickly, top five Mariners I've ever hated. Oh. Sean Figgins, yeah. oh. Casey Kochman, yep. oh. Jeremy Reed, Richie Sexton, and... Oh, I can't remember the other one. Bedard. No, right. I didn't hate Bedard. Oh, really? Who's the one that talked tonight? Is it was Valencia? Oh, yeah. I, Danny, didn't, I didn't hate him. Danny, Valen- Danny Valencia. Dan- Danny v- Valencia was a crime against humanity in a uniform. <laughs> Even Greg Johns, who likes everybody, hated Danny Valencia. Okay. Was he the one who... Didn't he do something with someone's shoes? Yeah. Like he told the Billy owner. Butler when they were in Oakland. That's when you know both of you guys are jerks is when Billy Butler made Danny Valencia look like a good guy. And that's that's hard to do. I, I We saw Danny Valencia later that year, and I said, it's got to go. Bring him back. You miss him. He just gave me the Scott look that he tends to give. See, I would have thought that all the guys you hated most are the guys that made the games last longer. Oh, yeah. Well, there was Miguel Batiste and some of those guys. The human rain delays. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Okay, number five. Number five. Number Things five. that annoy Ryan Divish. Vegetables. I hate <laughs> vegetables. I hate salad. Like, when they ask you to put lettuce on a burger, I didn't order a salad. Meat, cheese, that's it. I hate oh. it. No tomatoes? I mean, that's a fruit. Oh, yeah, it's a fruit more. So, yeah, you know I who you share that with, right? Al Michaels hates yes. vegetables. Oh, Shannon my, brings in. My daughter hates yeah, vegetables. Shannon it's brings in salads ten. every day. And yeah. It's just like, hate vegetables. But that's why Shannon looks the way she looks and you look the way you look. Yeah, I know. This Whoa. is true. I mean, like, I, I've, I'm not Asian. Okay, number four. Divish I mean, my, my liver is he like. He does. He, look at those. Look at Divish the calves. My liver, my liver is like 107. Okay. So, I hate that. I hate vegetables. Number four. Uh, North Dakota State University. Everybody thinks I would hate Montana State. Brock probably wearing the jersey. Yep. I hate North Dakota State University. I hate the Bison football team. If they wanted to annex North Dakota to Canada, I would have no problem. Because have, we have a Dakota. Like, why do we need two? You don't need two Dakotas. Now, I lived in North Dakota for four years. We can go without. Did you go to any of the playoff football games this year? I did go to the semifinal game and watch Montana beat North Dakota People State. told yes. me, the locals up there tell me that was one of uh, my daughter's teammates dad was a linebacker for the Grizz in the 90s. Mom was a volleyball player. And he said been to every game for 40 years. He said the semifinal was the loudest that he's ever been to. It was chaos. And I was, it was freezing cold, but I was well oiled to stay, withstand the heat. <laughs> plenty warm. Yeah, plenty warm. <laughs> I went to North Dakota a couple years ago. It was beautiful. Yeah. Went to Teddy Roosevelt National Park. Yeah, that Sick. place is cool. I hit a turkey in my car <laughs> driving through there. That was great. <laughs> Feathers everywhere. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. I had a, a wild turkey with my car. It was my sister's car, too. That was a problem. That's weird that the wild turkey was outside the car. Well, <laughs> I, I prefer crown. Wow. Okay. Number three. Number three, pop country. Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, Morgan Wallen. Yep. Go away. Yep. Fast Car was a great song. We yes. didn't need Morgan yes. Wallen to re- remix it. That was Luke Combs. That was Luke Combs. Yeah, Luke Combs. yeah, they're all the same. I know. Yeah. They're all the same. All countries. And I don't even have, like, so when in I'm the good watching, country that's over there in Tempe, I don't even have I have a ticket. I can't go. So if somebody wants to go, Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton. Charlie yeah. Crockett, Turnpike Cubidors. Oh, James, Charlie Crockett, too? Shane Smith and the Saints. 
When I watched Bryce Miller throw his bullpen yesterday, all I see is Alan Jackson. Oh, yeah, way down yonder. I mean, all I see is Alan Jackson. He looks just like Alan Jackson. But see, I can handle that pop country from the 90s. Yes, but not this stuff today. Luke Bryan. All these hipsters. Florida Georgia lines. Oh, yeah, that might be the top of the mountain. Okay, Remember so that's how three? bad Kyle Seeger and Mike Zanino's text message? God, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I do. I am in. Now, other people say we need, like, a segment of divish ranking things that annoy him. Okay. This is gold. Okay, number two. Number do you think this would be number two. one? People. I hate people. <laughs> I can't believe. No, it's got to be Pitbull. That's my guess. Number one has got to be Pitbull. Well, like when George, like when George Kirby said he just wanted to hang out and throw to a net because he probably doesn't really want to have to deal with a catcher or anybody talking. (laughs) Now his musical choice of listening, I understand it. Like I get it. Like you don't want to talk to people. I go to Montana in the off season. What does he listen to? Dubstep. 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 Which I had to look up what that meant. What does it mean? It's like electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. Bass heavy. Is it Skrillex? Yeah. Is that the That's one? a dubstep, yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. because there's not a lot of people and they're very hearty people in Haver? Yeah. It's probably 6,000 people. Yep. I mean, we have four stoplights. It was like 40 below for like two weeks. It was great. 40 below. It's, 40 below. Yeah. Like, snot, legit. The snot in your nose freezes when you walk out. Yeah. Haver. Okay. Number okay. one. Number the one. number one thing that annoys Ryan Divish. Getting old. I just hate yes. being old. Yeah. I, it sucks so much. It yeah. does. Like, I can't run. Yep. I can't walk. <laughs> yeah. I was shooting around with those guys the other day, and like I jumped, and everything yeah, in my body hurts. hurt. What hurts. What was that thing on your knee? Yeah, the look at me device. It's not a look at me. I mean, you're walking around, you know, spring training with a giant thing on your knee. I That's not to look at I you. I wasn't intending to walk around, but something happened. And oh, I had to okay. Walk That's fair. Huh? I usually, I just, yeah, it just sucks. Like apparently, if you because you're here by yourself, you don't have no teammates from the Seattle Times here. Oh, we have, yeah, we oh. have. Hope. Oh, so you, somebody else could. I mean, Larry's probably just going to come back. <laughs> like Ichiro, he's going to make a comeback. How was Pitbull nowhere in your list? Uh, I mean, he's a person, isn't he? He's people. Okay, so uh, he just counts under. People. Yeah, but like, yeah, people, Twitter, you know, all that stuff. I hate it, but getting old way worse. It I mean, you just like, you look at, I look at pictures of myself from five years ago, and I was like, yeah, I got to quit drinking, but that's the only thing that gets me through the day. Because <laughs> of all the people? Yeah, because of the people <laughs> and getting old. Live by the sword, uh, die by the yeah. sword. Ryan, thank you. No problem. That was spectacular. I think that won't be remembered for a while. Mora, was that, uh, Oh, even Morris giving it fingers whoa, up. How whoa, about that? Yeah. Big oh, I mean, thumbs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when she palmed that medicine ball over there, it was amazing. She picked up that medicine ball. You thought it was a golf ball in her hand. Yeah, it's like, you know, like she has those those ab balls that are like, you know, two feet. She picks that box around, guys. Uh, we'll be back it. tomorrow. Yep. I know that Luke Rayleigh's going to be on the show. I don't honestly know what else boy is going to happen. Oh, and boy, howdy's going to be here. Gonna be Talk about things that annoy me. Yep. Boy, howdy's going to be here Annoyed tomorrow. Scott too, yeah, no well. kidding. Oh, yeah. We'll catch you guys at 6 a.m. Big thanks to Alaska Airlines daily nonstops from Seattle to both Phoenix, uh, to both Phoenix and to Tucson. We'll see you guys at 6 a.m. Stick around for Bump and Stacy next. The Haybrock. Barn Barn. See everybody. I'm an expert on knowing when people are faking it. <laughs>